It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you here. Hey, it is, um, what do you call it? It's it's just a, a fascinating time. Um, the year is, unfortunately, coming to a to an end. Here we are in September. I can't believe it's September. Come on. It seemed like it was just January. Anyway, hope you're having a great year right now on the show, or joining me on the show right now is Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits and Social Security Disability Benefits. A founding partner of Jackson McNichol, he most recently appeared as guest as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security Disability Benefits and how his practice allows him to make the difference in the lives of people facing disabilities. Francis has been featured in NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox Network affiliates around the country. He has also been quoted in USA Today and is, and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Francis has been honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award for his contribution as a joint author to the bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about practicing one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. Also, in 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability disability law. Hey, for more information, visit VeteransBenefits.com. VeteransBenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back. Thanks, Bert. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely. Uh, glad you're here. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into this. Um, I want to uh, hold on one second. All of a sudden, my, my uh, prompt thingy just went dead. Um, all right. So um, let's talk about how does the VA determine eligibility for disability compensation? Okay, Bert. Um, you know, that's a question that we get asked an awful lot here. So here's how it works. Basically, a person has to be a veteran of the armed services, and if they are a veteran of the armed services, they can apply by filing a form. You have to you have to use the VA's form now. Years ago, you could just uh, send in any old thing, and uh, the VA basically had to kind of figure it out. But now you have to use a form, and you fill out that form, and you can uh, print it out and fill it out and mail it to the VA, take it to them in person, or you can fill it out online and submit it that way if uh, you're comfortable using a computer and the Internet. But um, basically that's um, how you start the process of, of applying. And then in terms of eligibility, it depends on which program uh, your, uh, your uh, claim falls under, but most commonly it would be a claim for what's called disability compensation. And that requires that 
you have a medical condition causing you symptoms currently and or is at least determinable concern con, you know, <laughs> late in the day i'm I'm tripping over my tongue here um, <laughs> but uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, you have to have a condition that is medically determinable and uh, that condition then has to be shown to be related in some way to your military service. And there are exceptions to that, and we'll talk about some of them later. But the, uh, the primary uh, benefit in the, in the disability arena is uh, service-connected compensation. So that, as I said, you need three things. You need to show that something happened in the service, show that you have a medical condition now you have to show that there's a medical relationship between the two usually what that means is you demonstrate what happened in service show that you're having medical symptoms now you get a medical report from a medical professional explaining how those are connected that's the starting point and what they will do is they'll look at those pieces and start by figuring out whether they agree with the medical condition. If they don't agree that you have a medical condition, they stop there. If they agree you have the medical condition, then they look to see, okay, what happened to you in service? And if they agree that something happened to you in service, then they look at that they find all those things so there's uh, rating it can be as low as zero if they find that you have a condition not really causing any particular symptoms now it can be as high as 100 percent if they find that it's stable and that's the initial start on all right we're having a little bit of a technical issue uh, you just faded out on me are, are you able to hear me okay I can hear you fine but I was getting a terrible background noise Okay, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can clear that up. Um, well, let me ask you this. Uh, along those lines, so let's say that I served, I served the military and now I retired. Just, you know, whatever, whatever that means. Um, yep. So, so does having a military retirement pay, if I'm getting my retirement pay, stop me from getting a disability benefit as well, or, or they, or they're two separate things. As as uh, the lawyer answer to most questions, the answer is maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the the way it actually works, Bert, <clears throat> is that um, if you are fully retired from the military, you know you've got your twenty years in or more, um, and you're getting your military retirement pay, the way the military and the VA go together is if you are rated at less than 50% disabled, 
uh, the military retirement pay actually stops you from getting benefits. Now, it used to be different, it used to stop you completely no matter what, but they've made some changes. Um, one of the big changes is that now if your disability is rated at 50% or more, it's not supposed to preclude you from uh, getting your VA benefits. Now, I say not supposed to because I've seen some situations lately where um, somebody at the VA apparently didn't get the memo and uh, people who were rated at 50% or more uh, were being turned down for benefits, but uh, that that can be straightened out. Uh, the rule is if you're if you are rated at 50% or more, you are supposed to be retired, uh, supposed to be eligible for your benefits despite your retirement. Um, so uh, that's that's the uh, that's the beginning at least. Okay, so if I understood it correctly, it depends on this rating. So if you're at 50% or less, you get both, but if you're or, or no, is it 50% or more? Other way around, Bert. If you're okay, 50% or more, you get to keep both. That's it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. All right. So um, let me ask you this. Do you have to be a combat veteran in order to qualify? Well, that's another one we get asked all the time, Bert. Um, the answer is no. The way it works, um, the VA is obligated to provide benefits to veterans who have a disability uh, that is connected to their service with a, a, a small number of exceptions. There, there are some exceptions, and we can talk about some of those. But, but the basic rule is no, you don't have to have been a combat veteran um, you could have served behind the desk stateside during periods of combat and still be eligible so long as you were in some way injured or um, became ill as a result of your service. So say, for example, that um, you were at a testing ground like Fort Hollabird or one of those, um, and you contract some uh, uh, medical problem from uh, the various substances they're testing there, you do not have to be a combat veteran to be compensated for that. Um, what you do have to show is that this actually came from something that happened during your service. And there are some, some uh, uh, examples that range anywhere from the prosaic to the pretty, uh, pretty unusual. But say, for example, that you are in a traffic accident while you're in service. It can't even be your fault. But say you're out riding your motorcycle and you get uh, smacked by a big truck and lots of uh, lots of injuries. As long as you are still on active duty and um, not uh, uh, subject to one of the exceptions like being AWOL or uh, riding your motorcycle intoxicated or things like that, then you are still eligible, even though that has nothing to do with combat. You are still entitled to VA compensation for um, the full extent of your injuries. And that is true even if, as often happens with young people, the uh, extent of those injuries only becomes 
fully um, uh, seen, fully developed, however you want to put it, uh, years later as uh, as you age and your uh, your body uh, is less uh, uh, able to uh, hold off the effects of those injuries. Sure, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because uh, you know when you're in your 20s, you're uh, pretty invincible. When you're in your 70s, getting out of bed can hurt your back. Yep. Those, those are the realities. And, and at 20, you're pretty resilient. You know, you can get banged up pretty good and bounce right back until a few years down the road when, as you say, you have trouble just getting out of bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about uh, the, uh, the discharge. So does, does a veteran's discharge affect their entitlement to disability compensation? Yes, it does, Bert. Um, And that's, that's become a, uh, a real hot button issue uh, that we can, we can, uh, talk about, but let me get the basics out there. Essentially, what the law says is that you're entitled to uh, uh, veterans' benefits unless uh, you have a dishonorable discharge, and it actually says less than honorable discharge. So um, part of the, uh, part of the uh, equation becomes if you have a um, something other than a truly dishonorable discharge, uh, you have a bad conduct dis- discharge or um, some other, as the, as the uh, folks in the military call it, bad paper, um, you uh, uh, typically are not eligible. But the VA, if, if you have something that is a other than honorable discharge but not a specifically dishonorable discharge, then the VA kind of gets the option of going in and trying to decide how bad your conduct was and whether it was bad enough that it should bar you from benefits. And that becomes subject to um, being reviewed in the VA system and the courts. But there's also a military upgrade system for discharges. All of the Military branches have um, some kind of a review body, typically uh, a discharge review board, and the board is authorized to look at the circumstances of your discharge and determine whether or not your discharge should be upgraded so that you would become entitled to benefits. And it's become an area of uh, a lot of focus lately because not all discharge upgrades qualify you to get veterans benefits. So it's, it's a really, uh, it's become kind of a intricate uh, and complicated area. But essentially, there is a process for people with um, less than honorable discharges to go back to a review board and to be considered for an upgrade in the discharge. And one thing that has uh, has come out in the last few years, and it's been subject to a fair amount of litigation in the courts, it appears that not 
all the services were treating people the same way. And more than that, um, some of the services, the Marines in particular, were not seeming to consider whether or not you had uh, problems like PTSD in making their decision about what kind of a discharge you should get and whether your perhaps less than desirable conduct should be treated as subject to a um, bad conduct discharge or an undesirable discharge. Um, and so there's been lots of litigation and there's, there's in fact continuing litigation. The, uh, uh, the courts have required the uh, services or some of the services to go back and review some of these discharge um, provisions. And there's actually a a uh, bill pending now in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, Senate uh, to require the discharge boards to more closely follow some of the guidelines about what um, conduct should be disregarded, if you will, for purposes of bad conduct discharges. And it looks like there's a real chance that uh, that litigation may, or that sorry, that legislation may actually uh, end up passing both the House and the Senate. Although, as you know, making predictions about what's going to pass in our politically charged atmosphere is uh, is a uh, is a risky thing. Sure, absolutely, and it makes sense to be able to look at somebody's conduct and take into account what may have caused that conduct. Because if you had a soldier that up until a event happened has always behaved themselves uh, honorably, and then, again, whether it's an injury or some kind of um, PTSD-type episode, then they're all of a sudden their behavior changed. Um, that obviously needs to be taken into account. It does, Bert, and and there is a um, there's a very strange provision in the law uh, that says that uh, you you can kind of get out from under the uh, the bad paper discharge if you were insane at the time. Now that sounds like a pretty rigorous standard, but right. Um, the way the courts have interpreted it is that you have to show that something occurred that would, that caused you to behave in a way you normally would not. Now that that to to my mind is a less stringent standard than insane at the time. But nonetheless, that's the way the uh, the um, no, the the VA is now applying the rule, and I'm, I'm very happy to, to say that we've had some some recent cases where the uh, the VA has done what I viewed as the right thing. Um, let me give you an example. We had one gentleman who um, basically he, he started suffering from bipolar disorder while he was in the service, and not surprisingly, he had some strange conduct as a result when he'd have these manic episodes. But 
he'd been a really good soldier and been there for a while and, and both the kind of track record you were just talking about where people thought he was a good soldier and worked hard and tried hard and was a good guy. And so folks in the military tried to do him a favor and they kind of let him off easy after after these different episodes. And, you know, he'd kind of um, get back on an even keel and he'd be okay for a while. But what happened is, so he gets through his first term of service and, you know, he's got some of these Article 15s where he's uh, getting uh, slapped on the wrist for doing various things. But each time he, he gets back on an even keel and he's good, and so they kind of find ways to write it off. His second term of service, his his mental illness really just gets forward. And, and so uh, because he's had these prior punishments, their hands are tied and they send him to a general court-martial and he's dishonorable or discharged. But we were able to um, get a nice... Uh, psychological evaluation and the examiner explained in, in real detail and there's a um, like a 10 page report it was very well done the guy was very thorough um, and he explained what had happened here and the VA when they looked at the thing in context said you know I I think that's right this this really is a result of his mental illness and it caused him to, uh, to do things he would not have done but for his, at that time, untreated mental illness. And so we're going to find that he was insane at the time in the meaning of the law and award his benefits, and they did. And I thought that was absolutely the right result in that particular case, but it just shows you that um, even though the, uh, the the law makes it sound like, you know, you, you have to be locked in the psychiatric ward in order to qualify for this kind of escape hatch, that's not necessarily true. And I, I was really pleased to see that they did it in this case because the, the guy was a just a, a, a really hardworking guy, had done a great job as a soldier, really got ill, and then he'd, he'd keep having these episodes and he'd get in trouble, and then when he'd straighten out, you know, they'd, they'd, try, to, they'd try to find a way to keep him, and it came back to bite him in his second term. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a great example of of the difference between somebody whose whose mental state changed because of something versus a bad actor. Yep. So let me ask you this, and I think you've kind of already answered it, but I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper and, and get a little more clarification because since you mentioned that, since you gave that motorcycle example, I'm wondering now, can a soldier get benefits if their disability, if they're disabled, but their disability was not caused by military service? Well, the answer to that is yes, Bert, but it doesn't, it doesn't break exactly the way you were suggesting. It, it's a little, it's a little um, more confusing than that. Here's how it works. <laughs> okay. Yeah, everything about this is confusing. What can I say? I, 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 know it, I know it seems humorous when I say it that way, but it's true. So uh, here's, here's how it works. Um, if you have a, an injury or an illness 
um, or start having the symptoms of, uh, of a particular medical condition while you're in the service and on active duty, that counts as being caused by your military service. So going back to our motorcycle accident, the VA would treat that as caused by service because you incurred these injuries while you were still on active duty, even though you weren't specifically performing medic, um, sorry, um, uh, military duties at, at the time, okay? And so separate and apart from that, if you served in the military, um, and there are various conditions depending on exactly when you serve, but typically for more than 180 days, and you served out your term of service and didn't get discharged dishonorably or any of those things, then if you served in, a, in what is called a declared period of war, meaning World War II, Korea, we, we still have some World War II and Korean vets, um, Vietnam, or the conflict in the Middle East, which um, has been treated as a, as a period of war for this purpose since around okay. 1980, um, if you serve during one of those periods of time and you are now disabled, the VA can give you what is called a non-service-connected pension. And basically, it's a way of rewarding folks who served in the military and who are now disabled and unable to work, even though their conditions do not meet any of the criteria for having been incurred uh, in service, meaning they, you know, didn't start in the service, didn't become disabling in the service, didn't uh, the the uh, causal event didn't happen in the service. None of that stuff. So uh, you can you can apply for and receive a uh, non-service connected pension. The the difference between that and service connected compensation is in two primary areas. First. You have to have served during a period of war, whereas disability compensation, uh, as long as your disability is traceable to service, doesn't matter when you served. Second, this is what they call a means-tested benefit, which just means that uh, you are only allowed to have a certain level of income. And so long as your income is below that, Basically, the VA makes up the difference. So say that um, you know, the, the current monthly benefit is around 1600 a month, and you have a Social Security disability benefit of $1,000 a month, but you serve during a period of war, and you're now disabled, and you meet the other um, income requirements. The VA can make up the difference between the maximum uh, service sorry, non-service connected pension benefit and the amount you you get. So in our hypothetical, if this year it's currently $1,600 a month and you're getting $1,000 a month in Social Security, VA can give you another $600 a month in recognition of the fact that you served in the military during a period of war and you are now disabled. So um, that is... Uh, the other way that the VA deals with disabilities that uh, are not in any way caused by or related to military service. 
they they have the pension program for that. Wow, that's actually that's actually very good. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was it was put together specifically to reward folks who served in wartime, and and you know it's a it's a uh, it's a good benefit. I mean, you know, nobody's going very far on sixteen hundred dollars a month, but it usually is enough to keep you in a, a modest rent and, and in groceries, so you're not starving in the street at least. And, and right. that's the that's the bottom line. It's intended to to keep you from abject poverty, as it were. No, I like it. I'm in, like I said, I'm impressed. Uh, as you pointed out, you know, this veteran stuff is very difficult to navigate. There's a lot of layers to it. It's 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 a, a very heated political climate. There's people attacking the veterans, um, the VA budget constantly. They're they're adding things, subtracting things. It's not a, it's not an easy thing to navigate, and and that's why veteransbenefits.com is needed, right? Because if it was an easy thing to navigate, you'd be out of business. <laughs> that's for sure, Bert. And you know, just to to um, follow up on your comments about the, the politics of it, I don't know if you've seen the the latest, but uh, there's one senator from Alabama. Uh, Turberville, who uh, is personally holding up all of the higher-rank military uh, promotions. They can't name a new commandant to the uh, Marine Corps because uh, he's he's uh, blocked all of those. It's this this political stuff has just gotten unbelievably wild, and uh, as you say, it plays into veterans' benefits because that's all controlled by legislation and regulations. So. It's uh, it's truly a strange time in the, in that arena. And, and to, you know what? I did hear about that, just a blip. And what is this guy's problem? Do we know? I mean, I, I'm assuming, first of all, that he's not served because what the, the blip that I heard is, uh, again, I didn't catch his name, but he's holding up, and, he, and this has been going on for a long time now. He's been holding up all of these promotions to the point now where some of the military leaders are saying, "Hey, you're 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 actually hurting the military. You, we can't. We our readiness is being affected is essentially what they're saying. So, do you know what is this guy's motivation? What what is the problem he has? Yep, this is a senator from Alabama, and he's a very conservative Republican, and he disagrees with. Um, McDonough, the secretary of the VA, about whether or not the VA should pay for uh, veterans, female veterans, obviously, to travel from a state where abortion is not allowed to a state where abortion is allowed in order to have an abortion. And, I mean, we're talking maybe, what, 100 people around the country that, that we're talking about here, um, uh, in in any given month at most, and nonetheless, um, the good senator has just, has taken it upon himself to block all significant military promotions, um, unless and until the VA changes their policy. So, until either um, he his uh, term expires and he's not reelected, 
or the guys in office or um, the uh, secretary of the VA leaves or changes their position on this issue, um, none of the high-level promotions can take place, which is just bizarre, but that's what's going on. Okay, so it's, uh, yeah, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, or Tupperville, however, is, okay, and this guy has that much power. That's incredible that one person can block all of these military promotions. How is that possible? Well, Bert, it's it's hidden away in the rules in the Senate. It's like uh, there's there's a comparable provision where a single senator uh, can block the appointment of a federal judge in his state, um, in his or her state. Um, you know, uh, I, I've, I've forgotten there's a, there's a term for it, but um, it's not called blackballing, but that's, that's effectively what it is. But the, the, uh, the Senate, if you have enough seniority, it's really pretty amazing what, uh, what kind of a wrench you can throw into the into the works, but that's what this guy from Alabama is trying to do. Wow, that's incredible! And uh, yeah, let's hurt uh, let's hurt the ninety nine point nine percent of the military population because you don't want to help. It can't even be a whole percentage. It's going to be like a point zero 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 one type of number this minuscule number uh, yeah that's a uh, good job there senator that's that's the way to do it yeah well, you're, you're right about, about what a small percentage it is Bert, because i mean if you think about it uh this is only female veterans and female veterans are by far a minority it's only uh, female veterans young enough to be pregnant, and again, um, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, of veterans, whether you're talking female or male, are are older by the time they leave the military. But it's a very small percentage. But nonetheless, this senator has made it a personal crusade to um, basically just uh, freeze the military in place and keep it from functioning until they give in to his demands. Wow, that is crazy. It just goes to show you. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. Let's everybody send a message. A message. <laughs> uh, let's send every. Let's have everybody send a message to uh, Senator uh, Tuber, Tupper. Tuber. How do you pronounce his name? It's Tuber. Tuberville, I believe, is the Tuber. Word. Thank you, Tuberville, Senator Tommy Tuberville. Everybody, just send him a message and tell him. Hey, you know, we appreciate uh we we appreciate your point of view, but let let's not endanger the military or America for your principles, sir. Uh anyway, Francis, thank you so much. I know you gotta go. Uh but as always, thank you for taking care of our veterans and and watching out for uh this very special group of people and and wish everybody there at veteransbenefits.com the uh, you know uh, an awesome September. Thanks, Bert. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. You take care. All righty, good stuff there from Francis Jackson, veterans lawyer Francis Jackson. If you if you want to help somebody out, check out veteransbenefits.com.
If you don't need help with your veterans benefits, perfect. Save it, share it with somebody. Let's say that there's somebody in the military. It's a military family. They haven't talked to you about benefits. Maybe they have a young kid in there. Send them this information. You never know who or when they might need it. Let's share this episode with everybody. Let's take care of our veterans. Check out veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.